What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, stand-up comedian Joseph Matthew Kilgallen. It's a Friday, so you got the full name. I'm giving away the full name on a Friday. I hope everyone had a wonderful week. Sorry the podcast is coming at you a, a few days late. Uh, we had ourselves a long weekend here in the United States of America because of Independence Day, also known as the 4th of July. Uh, it was just a few days ago, so it kind of threw the schedule for a loop. Apologies, apologies all around. But I do hope you had yourself a wonderful week. First full week of the month of July. I hope you're getting after it this summer. I hope you were um, taking care of yourself. You know what I mean? I hope you're getting three square meals a day. I hope you're drinking plenty of water. I hope you are um, not feeling stressed. And if you are, deal with the stress any way you can. Um, if hard drugs are necessary, then I suggest you take some hard drugs. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Don't do that uh, unless they're prescribed by a medical professional. You know what I mean? It'd be cool if you got a doctor who's like, I think you just need some cocaine. But don't go crazy with it now. I'm a doctor after all, but just a little bit. Just, you know, start off the month right. Get you Jones in. You know what I mean? Get you Actually, Jones in means you want more. But to get you going right, you know, you need something like that. Every now and then, you need to dial it up to an 11 right? Uh, actually, don't do cocaine. What am I saying? You know, I, you got to be careful with how you start these podcasts these days. You know, you might be joking around and then someone labels you that way, right? There might be someone out there who takes my joking advice and then all of a sudden I got a lawsuit coming my way. This is a joke. You know what you want to do to get your day off right? Drink a lot of water. Um, you could masturbate in the morning. Some people like that or sexual intercourse in the morning. I think morning sex is a good thing to have every now and then because uh, then you think, Sometimes you, it's too much though, because you're like, I just did the best thing. What else could I accomplish today? My day's only going downhill from here, right? Because I, I, I just, I just got the banging out of the way, and then now I don't even. Who cares, right? Victory. I got the W going before I even stepped out of bed. That's why morning sex is great. You win the day before leaving your bed. How awesome is that? You're already a winner. No matter what else happens to you that day. You've won by just because you got the humping done. You got the plowing, the humping, whatever you want to call it, the banging, the thrusting, right? You got, you got, you got, you got a little wet there, right? You might have to change the sheets, but you're so exhausted afterwards. You just lying and going, I don't care. That's how good that was, right? And it's morning. So you maybe weren't even making out a lot. A lot of couples with morning sex, there's no making out. There's kissing the body, but there's no mouth to mouth because you know, you wake up with that stank breath sometimes. You know, you might brush your teeth right before bed, but then you keep that mouth closed for eight hours. And then now uh, you open it up and it's just like, right? So out of respect to your partner, you don't be making out. You're not you're not tonguing. You might be tonguing something else, but you ain't tongue in tongue. You got me? All right, cool. Just want to make sure we're clear on that now. You have to have respect for the person you, you, you're, you're doing the loving with. So no making out. There's no making out in morning sex. Afternoon sex, that's why there's the song Afternoon Delight. I think afternoon sex is key, but it's just so hard to have. It is so hard to have, unless you're like, if you're in a committed relationship even, people work. Most people are working in the afternoon, so it's really hard. You have to, your schedules have to line up just right. That's why I think so many people in the restaurant and bar industry date each other, because they, they work similar schedules. They're like, hey, we're both working late nights. We'll wake up at around two in the afternoon, and we'll just plow. And so I think that's fun for them. But the reason I think Afternoon Delight is such a great way to go is because you've already had a good breakfast. Maybe you've run an errand or two. And so you got some energy going. In the morning, you're excited. As a guy, our, our, 
our wang wakes up before we do. You know what I'm talking about? Morning wood. So it's like, it's there. Let's do it. You know? And I think the lady likes it too. Or, or your partner, whoever they may be. They look over going like, sweet. It's already, it's already ready to rock. Let's start this morning off right. Let's, let's kick it off right in the a.m. You know, I don't even need coffee. I just need that. So that's a good thing to see. <clears throat> Excuse me. But nighttime, obviously, we all like doing it at night. But sometimes, depending on what you did during the day, you're not giving your best performance, right? What if you had a rough day at work? You're all stressed out. You had to go bouncing all over town delivering things. Or you had, you had a stressed out day. Just a lot of unnecessary hassle. You had a day with a lot of hassle, right? You were annoyed most of the day. And you're exhausted. But you're also like, I need it. So it's kind of one of those, you know, you're not giving your A-plus performance in that case. There's a reason professional sports games, um, it sounded like someone who's never watched a sport before the way I said it, but obviously I'm a big sports fan. But like, you know, you're not seeing a lot of 10, 30, 10 p.m. at night kickoffs, not a lot of 11 p.m. at night kickoffs. And even then, those guys for the night games, they know I got a game tonight. I got to conserve my energy throughout the day. Regular human beings aren't thinking I got to conserve my energy throughout this day. Because it's going to be bang o'clock just after the news ends, you know? That's when you're going to get into it. Right after sports and weather, you're going to play a sport and then get some some weather going. I don't, I, I, there was a stretch. I had nothing with that one. I thought I could do a cool little innuendo. It didn't work out. But you know what? You miss every pitch you don't swing at. You miss all the shots you don't take. Sometimes you got to take the shots. You're going to miss a few. But when you sink them... When you sink that putt, I just did three different sports right there. Baseball, basketball, switch it to golf at the end. I'm going to keep you on your toes as you're listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. All right, so that's a good message to start off. I, I hope you did. I hope your week's been going great so far. Um, a couple big things going around right now. Uh, Twitter is upset because Mark Zuckerberg, old Zucky, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram guy, Aaron Sorkin wrote the script for the movie uh, that Jesse Eisenberg played him in. What was it called? The Social Network. He's, he launched something called Threads. It's Twitter, essentially. It's, it, it looks like Twitter a lot. Um, it's supposed to act as Twitter, in a sense. See, where Twitter had the market was the blue check mark, which made it so that pr- celebrities... Celebrities first joined Twitter as a way to connect with fans, but they didn't have... Like, Facebook was different. Facebook, it's like someone friend requests you, then all of a sudden you have to friend request them back. Or you have to accept their friendship. And it's a, it's a two-way street. So celebrities never, didn't really jump on the Facebook train. They, I mean, they're on it, but they had like private accounts. They wouldn't go by their actual name. And then people would make dummy accounts. Like, who really runs this? And then there'd be like a fan page. You'd be like, oh, Brad Pitt's fan page. Well, I like the fan page. And then you're kind of like, I don't think Brad Pitt has anything to do with this damn fan page. So then Twitter saw all those mistakes and thought, all right, this is what we could do. We get celebrities on. Uh, someone, they follow you. So you could follow someone on Twitter. It's more of a fan interaction thing. And they told celebs, you will be verified. So you have a blue check mark if it's you. Uh, we'll do a you know driver's license. We'll check. We'll make sure we'll have a process. And then you could basically do your own press releases. So people in like public relations, the PR people are probably like, I don't love that. Um, but you know, you have to adapt in whatever industry you're in. And then they liked it because it's like, oh, I could keep in contact with fans and I can announce things and it'd be good for, you know, from a movie star, I could be like, hey, movie opens tonight. I give away some free tickets, get some fan engagement so people see what I'm doing. I think that's where celebrities dug it. And where the users dug it 
us listening is that we got to um, get the breaking news. You know what I mean? I remember a good comedian friend of mine, Hannibal Burris, once, like I think it was the day before, I think it was like a Monday, he tweeted, yo, LA, tomorrow night, uh, last minute show, I'm going to be performing here. Here's the address, here's the ticket link. And he sold it out. He sold out like in five hours. And I remember being like, dude, that's the goal, to be to the point where you could just tweet, hey, I'm doing a big show tonight or tomorrow night. And bam, you just sold 300, 400 tickets, whatever it was. Because I ended up going because you know, we're buddies. So I was like, I'm going to go hang out and check out the show. And I was so impressed. I was like, dude, fucking kudos to you, man. That's amazing. But that's where it's good. So like you're a fan. You're like, oh, cool. They just dropped a last minute thing. I get to go check it out. Or where I liked it, where it was like breaking news type stuff. Like some big event just happened around the world. And now we get to find out about it in real time. Granted, you would still to take it with a grain of salt because there's a lot of fake bullshit out there. And... um and then sports stuff was cool. It was like, you know, you get the rumors where it's like, oh, your team's looking to trade this player or they're going to, you know, sign this free agent or draft someone. So that was fun. That was where it was a cool site. People would try to be clever because it was only 140 characters. Anyway, it has been bad, though, long before Elon took over Twitter. It's been bad for like five or six years. Like most social media apps. This is just how it goes. It becomes a new thing. Everyone's excited about it. It's really cool for a while. It's the the main way we're all connecting. Then it gets overrun with just dipshits. It becomes a place where you just see negativity and you get bothered by it and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'd really had a problem with Twitter for a long time. I was never seeing anything that I loved, you know, because they all do that thing. Like Facebook in the early going, you only saw your friend's stuff. Then it got so out of hand where they just started showing you the friends you didn't even want to see. And I've got good friends where I'm like, dude, I haven't seen you post in three years. I'm like, well, I do. And I'm like, well, the algorithm doesn't like you. Um, so Elon Musk takes over. But his big qualm was that he didn't like that people would get suspended for saying dipshit things. And so he was like, well, I'm going to take it over. And it's going to be a place where true free speech lies. But then we surely found out that that wasn't true. Because anytime someone tweeted Elon Musk as a tiny wang, they would get you know in trouble. And then he did a thing where he realized I just spent $44 billion on a company that at best was evaluated by Forbes and everyone else at 5 billion, 6 billion. So he paid way, way more, he paid like eight times what he should have paid for this thing, 10 times even. And so that's why Twitter gladly sold. They're like, this guy's going to give us $44 billion. We're worth maybe four. What does he do? All right, fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. We don't have to worry about this thing. And we're rich for the next six, six generations of our family. Easy sale on there. Yeah on their end. Nobody could blame Twitter for that. And uh, and so then he was like, all right, I'm not making money on this thing. I'm going to do the blue check mark isn't automatic for people who have any notoriety. So then he, but then he realized, oh, wait, I'm going to lose all these people now. Because a lot of celebrities were like, I'm not giving this dipshit eight bucks a month. But then he had his own people, people who were big fans of Elon being like, you cheap bastard, you won't pay $8 a month for Twitter, but you'll pay $9.99 for this streaming service and 10 bucks for that streaming service. And, and I remember being like, you can't compare them. Streaming services provide content for their user. Twitter only exists if the public provides the content. If nobody tweeted, it's nothing. It's not a thing. So you're basically Elon saying, give me eight bucks a month for you to get extra perks that aren't even that cool. And it's like, why am I paying? I'm the one. You should be paying us. We're the ones that are generating the traffic to your website or app, whatever you want to call it, which is then gives you the opportunity to advertise. It was ass backwards. 
So people were like, no, we're not paying eight bucks a month. I know a lot of people who lost their blue check mark because they were smaller accounts. They only had like 10,000 followers, but they used to write for a paper and they used to be kind of an authority in whatever, um, you know, say they wrote about architecture and they would tell you about some new development. And now people are like, well, how do I know you're legit? So now I see, I used to see blue check marks and think, oh, this is an important person or they have some kind of notoriety. Now I click on their profile and I'm like, oh, this is a loser with 12 followers. And it's not about your follower count, but look, if you've been on Twitter for 20 years, not 20 years, what am I saying? But there's some people where, because it tells you when they join, they'll say join 2012, when Twitter was basically just getting off the ground. You've been on it for 11 years and you have 22 followers. Something's wrong there, you know? Um, so you'd see the follower counts like, oh, these people all have really low follower counts, but they have that blue check mark. So one of the perks is that when you comment on something, you get bumped up the thread because you're paying for it. He's trying to make them happy. And I think he's probably doing a good job of that because those blue checkmark people now, nobody thinks they're cool or like trust their opinions, but they are getting the perk of every time they comment on something, they're way at the top of the list of commenters, I guess. Um, but now you see a lot of stuff where you're like, this is like less believable as a website, Twitter. If I see breaking news on Twitter, I don't trust it at all anymore. I really don't. I don't think it has the filters of getting out of there the way it was. He fired so many people who kept that end of it going i've seen i've seen lie after lie on certain things things where i'm just like oh i know for a fact that's not true you know i was actually at the event people didn't do that uh you could do a lot of stuff like that so i think twitter's been horrible for a really long time um i don't know if threads is going to be any better i'm sure it'll eventually because threads is run by facebook and facebook sucks uh, although no my facebook's actually gotten better i don't go on it much I go on it maybe once or twice a week. I, Facebook Messenger is great. I'm always active on Facebook Messenger because that's like a separate thing now, which was smart on their end. And uh, and Instagram's fine. Instagram and TikTok, I don't get headaches after I, you know, close the app. Um, and Facebook now has become mostly dog posts, but it's still a lot of random people where I'm kind of like, how do I know them again? And then I click and I'm like, oh, her maiden name must have been something different. She looks familiar, but I don't remember why I became Facebook friends with her. Stuff like that. So, um, yeah, with threads now, I don't know. I think a lot of people are kind of like, hey, if, if it if it stays less negative than Twitter has become, maybe this will overtake it. I know Elon's mad and he wants to do a lawsuit, but I just don't even see how he can. Every social media thing has become a form of another one. It doesn't look like there's any real good lawsuit there. And I think Zuckerberg's richer than Elon now, or maybe not richer, but he's got less. <sighs> see, with, with Elon, it's that he's... If he's sold everything he has, then he's probably richer than Zuckerberg. But Zuckerberg might have more cash on hand, if that makes sense. Because with a guy like Elon, he has a good day in the stock market. It's like richest man in the world again. He has a bad day. It's like he's number 77. It's He's getting such massive swings with this guy. You know, you wouldn't want to sit next to him at a blackjack table because he's going to fuck up a lot of those decks. He's going to fuck up the whole uh, the whole process. You know what I mean? This guy's double downing on things. He's hitting on it. He's, he'll hit on 18. And you're like, why the fuck would you do that? And then it fucks up your card next. I feel like that's what he's doing. Because I feel like uh, this Twitter purchase might go down in history as one of the stupidest purchases ever. $44 billion. And again, nobody had them. That like The most crazy estimate for Twitter's worth was maybe 8 to $10 billion. That was the highest. And only one or two people had that. And most people were like, they're... They're pulling that number out of their ass. Nobody has it rated uh, worth that much money. But yeah, I'm on threads. Uh, long story short, I'm on threads. Um, I, I'm just, I've tweeted a couple things. Who knows? 
I kind of want, look, I had nothing against Elon Musk for a long time. I, I, I didn't mind him at all. I remember being like, oh, yeah, seems like a smart guy who did this and this. I didn't know anything about him. He kept a lower profile. Then he couldn't help himself. He kept getting a bigger and bigger profile. And the more he talked, the more you were like, I think this guy's a dipshit. And then you found out, oh, he's not even the genius he thinks he is. Steve Jobs kind of had that, too, where you're like, oh, this guy's the genius. It's like, yeah, but he didn't do any of the stuff. You know, they're both good ideas, men, in a sense. But I know people who have a Tesla and they fucking hate it. They think it was a bad purchase on their end because there's all sorts of little shit that goes wrong with them. Um, so but when they're working great, they're working great. And then he's done some other stuff. I don't know. But again, I never had a problem with him. And then he became one of those dudes where you're like, I think you're trying so hard to be cool because you were never cool before. But don't try hard to be cool. The people who are cool are the ones who don't give a fuck about being cool as, as adults go. I don't know how it is with high school anymore. I'm, I'm so far removed from high school and being an adolescent that I don't know what's considered cool in that regard. Um, but you could tell that Elon was a dude who wasn't considered cool growing up. And now he thinks I should be considered cool. But instead of just being the way he was six, seven years ago, when people didn't really know much about him other than Tesla and every now and then he'd give a speech here or there where it's like, we should do this, you know? And people would be like, yeah, all right, yeah, maybe we should do that. That was when he was kind of like, you feel like, all right, yeah, I guess he's cool-ish. Um, but then the, the more, so these, some of these people just need to go back to the way it used to be. There used to be a level of fame where no one knew shit about you. And that would, that's what was cool. It's like, oh, it was mysterious. I don't know what he thinks about everything. And I don't give a fuck what he thinks about everything. There's like, there was something, there was like an allure there. And now that that's long gone. Um, and I probably have some listeners who are like, dude, Elon's the shit. He's trying to, bring back freedom of this and freedom of that. And I don't know where any of those freedoms went away. Who tells you you can't do that? It's a private company. It's a private company. So back when Twitter would suspend accounts for saying stupid ass shit. Yeah, that's, that was their thing. You know, Oh, what about COVID when they were silencing certain doctors? I'm like, I don't, I didn't look that much into that. So I don't know what that's about. But if there were certain doctors who were saying stuff that the general consensus of the CDC and the other scientific communities were saying no to, I could get that too. You gotta understand, I think I don't think people understood, and we're still too close to it. 10 years from now, I think that's when we might have clearer heads about the whole COVID thing. At the very least, I'll say this. Even if a couple things here or there turned out to not be correct, and, and you know what I mean, that's gonna happen. My whole thought process was it's better to be overly cautious, okay? Especially someone with kids. So I know a lot of people were like, oh, it didn't affect kids. Uh, I go, oh yes, that that look, it didn't affect kids nearly as much as it affected everybody else. But we didn't know that initially. Initially, we didn't know that. We didn't know the effect it would have on kids. So that's why we shut down schools. Also, who tends to teach kids? Fucking older people, right? Teachers and all that. And yeah, there's a lot of young teachers, but there's also a lot of old ones. So it's like, all right, we don't know what's going to affect. We know it's going to be bad for old people because everything is bad for old people. You know what I mean? Like everything. You stub your toe, could fuck up your life as an old person. Be in a wheelchair before you know it. But as... Young people go, we just, we didn't know the effects. So it was like, all right, let's lock these damn schools down and, and whatever. I still am shocked that everyone took it as hardly as they did that first wave. I remember the first wave being like, we're stuck at home. So this is fucking hilarious. It's like the world's grounded together. This is, I don't know. I dug it. The second wave, I did not dig. Because <laughs> once you get that taste again, you're like, oh yeah, this is actually better. I like going to bars. I like going to restaurants. Uh, this is kind of, yeah, whatever. We had a fun four or five months there. 
And then going back to it was like, uh, no, I don't want to do this either. So I became like a lot of people. I, I was uh, jaded and enraged and all that. But I still think you always want to err on the side of caution. And if it turns out it wasn't as bad, then fine. I, again, I was always fine with that. I had some people, are you fucking pissed that it's not as bad as we all thought it was? I'm like, no, because there's only one way to find out it's as bad as we all thought it was. And that's more people dying. And I'm just not that person. So there you go. Now I got to change it to something lighter. I don't know why I got into that, but I feel like you can't talk about Twitter and social media the last few years without talking about how that was, because that's really where it came down to. A lot of people got mad that they couldn't say, you know, fuck COVID, go lick a flagpole and all that stuff without people being like, nah, you're kind of going against what we decide. But just know this, if you're a real, and I know, and some of the people I know who they pride themselves on being the most American, true Americans, if you really believe in America, then yes, private companies get to set the rules. And if they decide that on their website, they don't want you tweeting the N-word, they get to make that decision. That is not censorship. It's not. That's how that goes. You know what I mean? You are allowed to say whatever you want, but you are not free from consequences. At your job, if you work as a cashier at a fucking grocery store, and you say to each person, what's up, you dumb piece of shit, and your boss fires you, he did not censor you. That's not fucking censorship. That's you were being a dipshit, and your boss was like, I don't want dipshits working here, and I have the right to fire you. Get the fuck out of my store. That's simple. Don't know why that needs to be explained constantly. If you hate that, then you don't like America. America, you don't. You might say it. You might wrap yourself in the fucking flag. You might be like, oh, I love America. I'm wearing an American flag thong right now, even though that's against flag code. You tell people that, and they go, ah, that's what cracks me the fuck up, too, how quick you are. You try to correct someone and go, hey, that's actually against the United States flag code, what you're doing. And then they dust it off. <laughs> so you don't give a fuck about the flag, then. You say you do, but you don't. Because all I'm doing is letting you know. I'm giving you a heads up. I'm not saying you should be fucking imprisoned. That's the shit that really fucking kills me, too. You know, And if you're a true capitalist then you're going to understand that these businesses want to sell to as many people as possible. So when you have assholes going on there, pushing away different groups of people, then they're going to change. Like, And, and it worked the same way. Bud Light did their, their shit uh, where they had that Dylan uh, Mulvaney. I, I don't even remember. Dude, I wasn't like, you, you take one or two days off social media, you get lost. I know that a transgender person had a Bud Light in an ad and it made Bud Light p- drinkers pissed off. And then their price went down. Right. I don't know why that upset Bud Light drinkers so much. Bud Light was just trying to say, hey, we're for everybody. Apparently, people who drink Bud Light don't want them to be for everybody. And Bud Light started losing money. And then they actually went back on it. So, but to me, that didn't bother. I'm like, hey, Bud Light can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. And people can make and, and choose that stuff. That I'm totally fine with that. I think if you are support, if you, if a company that you normally support makes a statement you don't like, then you don't have to spend money on them. I think that's great. So when the Bud Light people who are like, you know, I, I disagree with why they did that, but I support their right to do that. Of course, they have a right to be like, fuck Bud Light. I'm not going to buy Bud Light anymore. I don't think they should be made to buy Bud Light. If You know, I think they're incorrect in not supporting everyone from different walks of life. I think we should support people from different walks of life. I'm pretty open about that. I don't think it, I don't understand how that bothers you. It is kind of funny when you think about it. Someone out there being like, you know, I used to love Bud Light. It was my favorite. But now a transgender person drinks Bud Light, and now I'm no longer a Bud Light fan. It's kind of fucked up. 
And if you want to go really far back in history, that's kind of how the political party switched in a lot of ways. Black people were all Republicans because Lincoln was a Republican. And then the South was all Democrats. The South was more union-based, working class. Uh, the Democrats took care of farmers better back then. That switched in a lot of ways, too, for uh, farm subsidies. Uh, the Republicans did a better job agriculturally, I think, for a while, at least reaching out to them. I don't know the numbers per se. But uh, I, I do know that the poorest parts of the United States of America are southern states. And the majority of people on welfare are Actually, it's like white single mothers is the number one demographic, actually, because it's a lot of people in the South. Um, no offense to the South. I love the South. Every time I'm down there, I have a great time and I meet Southern people and I, I get along with them very well. But I do think there's some things in their cultures that's a little bit like, yeah, you guys say please and thank you a lot. But you're very quick to turn your back on people when um, they need true help. Um, and, you know, it's all this pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, which is great. And all that, but like being a good neighbor is more than just saying howdy when you walk by them, you know. Um, all right, I totally got off the rails on this episode, uh, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, let's keep it fun. I want it to be a fun thing. Um, oh, anyway, though, the 64 Civil Rights Act, when LBJ signed that, this is the switch. I gotta finish this thought. Uh, he said, or as soon as he signed it, he whispered to the guy next to me, he goes, We just lost the South for a generation. And that's really what it was. All those Southern Democrats were like, if black people are voting Republican now, or voting Democrat now, then we're no longer Democrats. And they switched over to the Republicans. Um, and then eventually the Christian right kind of took over that party for a stretch. And they kind of still have a clash going with the corporate side and the religious side, not really agreeing with each other because the corporate side's like, yeah, bring it over illegal labor. And the religious side is more like, well, they're taking jobs from our friends over here. I know my kids are gonna interrupt this at some point. Here they are. What do you need, boys? Uh, I'm doing something right now, please. Stand over there. That's okay. Just tell me what you need. Uh, I, can I work? Do this is a very good podcast. No. I'll let you watch uh, a couple shows in a second. Give me like five minutes. Go upstairs. I'll meet you upstairs in five minutes. I'm not talking to anybody, buddy. I'm doing a podcast. I'm recording my podcast right now. By the way, I could probably edit this out, guys, everyone listening, but I'm not going to because that's extra work for me right now. What is it? But then people are going to see us. You're not, they're not going to see you because the camera's on me right now. So I need you guys to stay over there. I don't want you guys on this. Okay. It's just because I don't, you know what I mean? They will see you if you get on the camera right now. They'll definitely hear you right now, and I don't have time to edit this, but this is really horrible, and I can tell the listeners are probably sensing my anger right now because I've asked you guys both to leave the room. So if you guys could leave the room, I will finish up. I will finish up. Play down here, but just don't talk to me. Can you shut the door behind you, please? Mandy will play with you in a few minutes. Oh, my God. He'll play trains soon. Just let me finish the podcast. My God. Um, that was not an advert for a child for existence. I don't know what is. Advert is short for advertisement, by the way. Um, whew, boy. All right. I wanted to finish on some fun stuff. And like a complete jerk, I, I had to talk politics. It's not even talking politics. I want to make this clear. Here's my final political statement I'll try to make ever on this podcast, the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Both parties are terrible. Just be good to each other. That's simple. All right. That's the end of it. Be good to one another. Oh, boy. All right. Don't be a hypocrite either. Those are the worst absolute fucking people. If you're going to say you love America, then you actually have to take care of Americans and love Americans. Or at least try to put them in a position to help themselves out too. All right. 
Vanna White has been the fucking uh, letter turner on uh, Wheel of Fortune for a long time. I didn't know what to call her. What do you call Vanna White? She's not the host. That's Pat Sajak. I'm bringing this up because the big news in the world of Wheel of Fortune is that longtime host of Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak, has announced he's retiring. And some people are like, who's going to be the new Pat Sajak? Then it was like, who's going to be the new Vanna White? And apparently Vanna White has said, I, she doesn't plan on leaving. Why would she ever leave that job? She gets her 10,000 steps and walking back and forth, turning letters on a big puzzle board. Again, I don't know what you'd call her. Puzzle letter turner? I, whatever. And then it came to everyone's attention that Vanna White hasn't gotten a raise in like 20 years or something. And I'm thinking she's already probably making some really sick money. Also, I want to know, has she asked for a raise? Because the number of times I hear about someone saying, well, I haven't gotten a raise. And then their boss is like, yeah, you haven't asked for one ever. So we're, we were like, she's probably good making six figures turning letters. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if she, at any point, I'm sure her agent could have renegotiated a contract with her. Because she wasn't just the woman turning letters. She did other things for a while, Vanna White. And then I think over the last 15 years or so, she was like, nah, I'm just going to be Vanna White on Wheel of Fortune. It's a great gig. And it must be. I remember my dad joking, going, she has really one job. And I'm like, oh, they're turning the letters? He's like, no, anybody could turn letters. Her main job, staying skinny. That's all she has to do to keep this job is stay skinny. And I thought about it. I'm like, would they have fired her? Nowadays, you couldn't. But say like 1997, Vanna White just packs up 35, 40 pounds, and she probably would have lost that gig. They'd probably been like, you're a, you're kind of a show person. You're a model. You know, you got to look good. I don't know what you're doing. Right? You, you, you get a lot of walking in. We took two weeks off. What did you do? Just slamming your face with food? Come on, Vanna. You're going you're gonna to be grabbing your lower back if you have to bend down. We can't. We need someone who's in decent shape turning our letters. We apologize. You had a good run, but you got to go. Um, so maybe something like that would happen. But it would be, I think Vanna should retire with Pat. I think Vanna White should retire with Pat Sajak. They've always seemed to be a team. Pat Sajak, a fellow Chicagoan. Uh, that They should just retire together. Leave it at that. And then bring on two new people. I think I heard Ryan Seacrest might be the new host of Wheel of Fortune. And again, I don't want him either. I want new blood. New blood. Get some unknown. Wheel of Fortune is going to be watched because of what it is. It's puzzles. People like puzzles. It comes on after the news. It's just an easy thing to digest before you get into your block of scripted television. Same with Jeopardy. You didn't need, like Trebek people, you fall in love with the host. They didn't love Trebek right away. He wasn't famous beforehand. I think he did a couple other game shows, so they probably knew his name. You don't need that for Wheel of Fortune. You don't. It's And you're not even asking questions. You'll just be like, here's the category. And someone will say, letter L. And they go, we've got three L's. And the Vanna turns the L's. It's not. But let's get some new blood in there. You know, we don't need Ryan Seacrest, who already has $50 million from hosting seven other shows. It's not like anyone out there is like, you know, I never watched Wheel of Fortune before. But now that they got Seacrest, oh, I'm all over that shit now. I got the DVR ready. I, got, I'm, I can't wait to watch it. What is it? It's, it's some sort of wheel, and it brings you fortune. Is that what it is? Well, I'm watching it for just for Seacrest. I might have it on mute. I love that guy so much. I just want to see him moving around. No one's thinking that. Fucking nobody. So that's what these stupid companies do. They give this guy another big fat paycheck when he doesn't lead to anything. That's what's annoying about the industry of entertainment, is that they don't really know what the fuck they're doing. Where a smart person would be like, let's groom um, in a good sense, the word grooming has really gotten screwed over, but let's develop. I'll just say develop. That's better. Let's develop a brand new Pat Sajak. Someone that people aren't going to know at first, 
They're going to warm up to him. They're going to learn to love him. And he will be the new Pat Sajak. And then he could get races along the way, the way we did for Pat. Instead of bringing in some high-priced talent that really isn't going to add any more viewers. Because again, you either like the show or you don't. You either like solving puzzles or you don't. It's that simple. There's really nobody that a new host was going to bring in unless that host is just going to do something crazy and people are like, no, dude, it's awesome. He juggles in between rounds. Not going to happen. These people need to pull their heads out of their asses and think smarter. That's that's really what happens. And then they end up firing people who were probably useful or probably could have became more useful. We always hear stories about someone's like, oh, yeah, I worked as an intern and then I got uh, an associate producer position. But then they fired me and then I created my own show. And when then that network wanted the show, I told them to suck my D. And that's how that works. Yeah, because they wronged the wrong person. All right, that's the end of this podcast. Enough uh, ranting out of old Joseph here, old Joey Joey. So thank you so much for listening. I dropped a new Patreon edition of the podcast yesterday. So check that out. And uh, you guys have yourselves a hell of a weekend. And I hope your July is being kicked off the right way. You guys are the best. Cheers.